1: Hey, Rockheads, this is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. Here to announce that NDC is back in Copenhagen, March 27th through 29th at
2: DGIBN. It's two days of workshops and a one-day conference. Go to ndcmini.com to learn more. And NDC is coming back to America. Back at the St. Paul River Center in Minneapolis, May 6th to 9th. That's the one. Go to ndcminnesota.com today to register. And tell them Carl and Richard sent you.
1: Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin, and this is Richard Campbell. We're still here in London. I know we're stretching this out now, twice as long. but uh, <laughs> You're going to hear us from London for quite a while. For a while, yeah, for a little on bit on a regular while. basis. Yeah. How are you, man? I haven't I'm, really. We haven't really chit chatted all yeah, that Yeah, we're
2: fine. You know, nothing to complain about. The old dog's a little older. He had a little mm. gallbladder attack the other day. So, <laughs> had to have an ultrasound. So, now he's a shaved belly. Oh. So they had to dig around. I feel for him. You know, he's old enough now that when he gets a little bit ill, he gets really ill. Yeah. But once the right meds were in him, he bounced right back.
1: So, is he still on the Klingon Elder Council?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's all right. Yeah. It's just, you know what? I just plan on being a complete mess when we lose him.
1: You know, there's one thing that I didn't mention on the show, which is, you know, we're looking at one of the oldest churches in England here. In, yeah, yeah, Westminster Abbey. Westminster Abbey. I was actually in the first American choir to sing in that
2: Oh, yeah, I church. know that story. Were yeah. you like 11? Yes, yeah,
1: 12, 13, yeah. something like that. It was the uh, Community Chorus of Westerly. Cool. And we went on a tour.
2: Yeah. yeah. I don't know. At that age, to sort of even take in what you're looking at. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Just... But
1: a couple of years ago, I came back here with my wife and – we went to an even song and I actually got to talk to the choir master and told him that his, his eyes lit up.
3: That's uh,
2: nice. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Cool. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, get started with better. No framework. All right, dude, what do you got? So you know what linting is? Yeah. Yeah. Linting is a static analysis of a, of a code to find bad patterns mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Well, there's this tool called ESLint, Lint, okay. which uh, is an open source linting tool. And um, you know, if you just want to, if you've never used something like this, even if you don't plan to use it for JavaScript, mm-hmm. just to go look at the rules, the default rules that they enforce is
2: is pretty good. Right. Just you know, gives you gives you some good thinking.
1: Gives you some good thinking, even if you're not going to allow. Uh, a linter to criticize your code. <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought was really cool about this is that uh, the relationship to TypeScript. So recently, um, the TypeScript team shared their roadmap in which they described... Formally adopting ESLint in their repo and working to improve TypeScript compatibility for ESLint. Interesting. So they, um, TypeScript team has a linter called yeah. TSLint.
2: For obvious reasons.
1: Obviously. Yeah. And they found it had some uh, performance issues. Mm-hmm. And it, in order to fix those performance issues, they would have to break the API, which would cause mayhem and yeah. distress to the users. So they decided instead to adopt ESLint because it, It works really well. Cool. So, yeah, it's a nice little I like it when we
2: have fewer libraries that are doing more, I think. Right, right. So, one set of linting rules applied to more tools. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very cool. That's what I got. Love it. Who's talking to us, Richard? You know, we don't talk about CSS enough on this show, I swear. So... I found a <laughs> – There may be a good Are you ready? <laughs> so, uh, jump back to show 1147. Oh, boy. So, that is June of 2015. Hmm. I mean, not that we haven't talked about CSS before that, but that particular show was Elijah Manor. Yeah. Talking specifically about CSS for – developers and a bunch of great comments in their Elijah is always amazing, mm-hmm. but I love this one from Joel Gallagher. This is committedly like four years ago. He says, mm-hmm. thanks a lot for a great inf- and informative show. As always, this topic resonated with me as I am the cliche developer who can't design. <laughs> My wife will attest to this. Apparently, it's obvious that I've dressed our toddler son when he goes out without any color coordination. <laughs> While I feel that it's excusable to a certain degree that developers and designers should be good at their thing and bad at the other, we don't always have the luxury of having dedicated team members. Right. In my current project, I wear many hats, and when it comes to styling a layout, I can only say... Thank goodness for Frameworks such as Bootstrap and the Like right although I've met a number of Designers who are not Happy with what Bootstrap does too mm. Right it works both Ways
1: well it's Consistent you can say That yeah
2: maybe maybe That's the main thing There seems to be a Movement in recent years To bridge the divide With products like Bootstrap and less And SAS and so on mm. To make the world Of design a bit more Like the structured Code that we Developers prefer to Live in mm. I hope this Continues and we see More products that Enable developers to Produce visually appealing Content without having To wear a black Long-sleeve tee and Grow a neat go Tea while working from a Mac in some coffee shop.
1: Hey, they just described the combination of you and me. <laughs>
2: like, I wear the black t-shirts, yeah, that's you have right. the goatee. My goatee's not that neat, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: You don't have ironic facial hair. That is like true. Like most baristas. Yeah,
2: I'm not that ironic. No. But uh, it is, I, I think, part of the conversation we're going to have today, too, is this, well, what if we just made designing not quite so difficult, that yeah. it worked better for for the more of the community? Mm-hmm. So, Joel, thank you so much for your comment. A copy of Music to Code is on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Music to Code Buy, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or via Facebook. We'll publish every show there. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a copy of Music to Code Buy.
1: While editing, I just had to jump in and say that I've lowered the price of the Music to Code by collection to just $39. That seems to be the sweet spot. So go get it. And definitely follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet, but brush the lint off him first. A little lint rolling. They sort of gum up things. All right. Uh, now, I'd like to introduce our guest, Amy Kaepernick, is a freelance developer starting her own business, working with other freelancers, and learning everything she can about the web. She's been a freelancer on the side for four years, and most recently worked at an agency in Subiaco, which is in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy also spends her time helping out as a co-organizer for Fenders, a community group of front-end developers in Perth, other community events, such as Junior Dev Meetup and Perth Web Girls and works as an evangelist for Yao Conference. We'll have to find out what that is all about. She blogs in her spare time about tech, the web, and life, and volunteers as a reviewer for the Fringe World Festival in Perth. Welcome, Amy.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. What's Yao?
0: YOW. Yao uh, is a tech conference in Australasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run a variety of different tech conferences, so six of them each year are general conferences mm-hmm. covering all sorts of areas. We have machine learning, AI, DevOps, .NET, front-end, accessibility. All of it. All of, all of the tech. They're each year in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, Singapore, and Hong Kong. Yeah,
1: is it an acronym?
0: Uh, it is an English pronunciation of a Danish acronym.
2: Oh, really? That's best. Yeah.
0: Up. <laughs> so, uh,
1: what is the Danish acronym? Uh, uh for? J,
0: it used to be J-A-O-O, which is uh, right. Java and Object Oriented, uh, which was a Danish conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when, uh, Dave Thomas, who is the founder of YAR, brought it to Australia, Mm-hmm. Uh, he found that no one knew how to say it.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: so we changed to y- o- Y-O-W, YOW, uh, which uh, turns out everyone still struggles <laughs> to pronounce properly.
1: Anybody who's ever listened to James Brown knows exactly what that means. <laughs> <laughs> YOW! Hey. All right, well, anyway. So CSS grid, you're talking about the generic grid object in CSS land, not any particular product.
0: Yes, yeah. uh, the CSS spec for CSS Grid.
1: Um, mm. yep. People use this for general layout or do they, you know, I think of, I think back to tables in HTML and how horrible that was, particularly because you didn't see anything until the whole thing rendered. But, but is Grid used for general layout or do you, do you um, use it for things that you typically think of to put in a grid like ledgers and things
2: like that or both?
0: So, I'm going to start off by saying tables aren't bad.
2: Okay. Oh, wow.
0: Tables are misunderstood. Oh,
2: okay. I like that.
0: Tables are still okay for data, for yeah. tables. If anything you would expect to see in a table, it's still okay to use a table. Okay. Right. However, tables should have nothing to do with your layout. Table right. for
2: page layout, bad. No. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, very <laughs> bad. Uh Yeah. So, tables, not bad. You can still use them for data. Mm. CSS Grid is, yeah, very useful for the overall layout. Okay. Uh, the problem, One of the big problems with the table layout is we weren't following the separation of concerns mm-hmm. principle, which was when we first came up with CSS, HTML was for your content, whereas CSS was for how that content looked and was laid out. Mm. Problem was tables, HTML thing. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have anything to do with the layout.
2: And that's just part of the transition. I mean... Tables yeah. predate CSS by years.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we didn't have anything. And the thing is uh, having something in CSS specifically for layout mm-hmm. is only a really new thing. So, Flexbox yeah. was one of the first things that we had for layout in CSS. Mm-hmm. And CSS Grid is has only been around in major browsers since 2017. Mm-hmm. So, it hasn't been that long it's been a bit difficult to to do it properly
1: what is the relationship between the bootstrap grid and the css grid i mean it must all trickle down to the css grid but do they use some sort of different um way to manage it
0: no so bootstrap isn't actually using css grid oh no they are using flexbox but it's not using css grid okay no uh so bootstrap is a css framework so right. they were still only doing things the same way we were building layouts. They just kind of made it easier, a yeah. bunch of snippets and shortcuts and ways for people to do it without having to learn how the CSS behind it was working. Yeah. The problem with using Bootstrap for the layouts was every website looked the same right it was all the 12 column grid Mm. the great thing about css grid is you define how many columns it doesn't have to be 12 columns it can be one it can be three it can be 20 it can be five okay you're not set to using the 12 column grid that we can all recognize in Mm. every website there is out there Mm. right it gives us more flexibility in how the websites are looking
2: 12 columns seems like a lot like, why do we default to this?
1: Well, I think maybe they wanted to err on the side of too many rather than too few.
0: I believe it was 12 columns because it not because you needed 12 columns, mm-hmm. but because you were able to, the, the number worked well. So you could use three columns, you could use four columns, right. you could use six columns. Mm. It was able to be broken up into a number of different options. So it was a
2: flexible format. Yeah. Mm. But, and yet CSS Grid seems sim- simpler. More control over the way the columns lay out. Yes. Okay. Well that's easy. So yeah. we just use it, everything's fine. Yeah. No problems. Nope. We're all good.
0: Everything good, yeah. Nothing to worry about.
2: <laughs> so is it is it tricky, the
1: CSS grid?
0: So at first look you kinda of look at it and go, I've oh, got no idea what this is. Mm. No idea where it don't understand it at all. Uh, but once you start using it, it sort of starts to make sense. And it's really one of those things where you can, you've gotta, you've just Just gotta use it. it. So it kind of all seemed gibberish. And then I started using it and you kind of work out, Oh, that's how it works. And it's, Mm. it's kind of, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's much easier. Once you're actually using it every day, mm. like there's still, I am using it on most of my projects mm-hmm. now and there's still times when I use it, I've got to remember now, do I need to use this one or this one? Mm. Uh, and a lot of the time it's just switching between the different properties until I find the one that I need.
1: So you're basically summing up my CSS experience. It's just, maybe this will work. Maybe that'll work. It's, it's yeah. certainly trial and error.
0: Yeah, uh, there's sort of so when I started using Grid, I kind of heard about here's the things that you could do with it. And mm-hmm. then I did uh, an online course on it. And then I just went and started using it and have learnt most of it on the go. Uh, I'm a big advocate for just kind of learning by doing. Yeah, uh, really.
2: no substitute. Yeah. But it also, to me, it also makes sense that you get an idea of how something works. You build a few things and then you go back and study, you know, why did I struggle with that? What was it? They're doing it the wrong way. Is there a better way? Mm. But until you've sort of typed some code and play with it for a while, even trying to explain the right way makes no sense.
0: Yeah. It's difficult, particularly because depending on where you're learning from, it's, it's, It's the reason why people have issues with JavaScripts is because of all the foobar stuff. Right. It makes no sense. You need to actually see it. You need to see a use for it. You need to see where you're using it and Mm -hmm. see how it works for it to kind of make sense. It's something I really struggled with learning maths. Mm -hmm. I really struggled to understand concepts until I could see a use for it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it would click.
2: So how, how much defining, where does the definition for how big a column should be, how good, big these individual grid elements, where they should lay out? Like, I'm presuming it's all relative layout. There's no, there's no direct fixing Uh, of anything.
0: Well, like whether or not it should be fixed width or percentage width or, uh, so that's the great thing is you can define it yourself. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, and when you're defining columns in CSS grid, You can use any unit there is out there. Right. You can define a fixed one in pixels. Mm -hmm. You can define it in a percentage. You can use viewport units, which is amazing unit, which I use all the time. There's viewport widths and viewport heights. Right. And it basically is a percentage of the available viewport. Yeah, so your entire viewport size. So 100 viewport widths is the whole screen size, 100 viewport heights, whole, whole screen, screen height. Mm. Uh, so you can use viewport units uh, to define columns. What else have we got? Pixels, percentage, viewport units. Uh, you can use your M's and rems, right. which is normally just used for font. Uh, and then CSS Grid also gives us access to a new unit Mm-hmm. which is the FR unit. With an FR. Uh, so if we think back to when we were defining columns with percentages mm-hmm. and you would say I want the, each column to be 25% of the container. Mm-hmm. Right. But then if you wanted to have gaps between it, you kind of had to say so 25% means I've got four columns but there needs to be a gap of one percent between each of them. Right. But there's only three gaps, so you're may- having to do math.
2: Yeah, you have three gaps, but also I want a left edge and a right edge. It's a bit bigger. Like
0: yeah, mm-hmm. it's complicated.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh so FR units kind of take away all of that work. Um. So, for example, if I want a grid that is five columns wide, mm-hmm. and I want them all to be the same width, right? I can say I I can assign five columns of one FR wide. Mm, right. What that would do is it will have a look at how wide my whole container is, and it will split that evenly up into five.
3: Okay. Oh, all right.
0: If I say I want a gap of 20 pixels between each of those elements, it will then take the whole container width. It will take away four gaps of 20 pixels, because, mm-hmm. of course, you've got one less gap than you have columns. Right. Right. And it would then take that remaining width and divide that up into five. Got it. You can then change your FR so I could say I want one column that's one FR, one column that's two FR. Again, it would work out taking away any gap and it would then assign twice as much width to the two FR column than to the 105
2: column. Which I think most of the way you're thinking is just in proportion. You don't actually care yeah. about right. the number of pixels. It's, yeah, it's yeah.
0: doing, it's doing proportions, but mm. it takes it. So again, the issue we had with doing this in percentages was you had to work out math and right. work it out. Oh, more.
2: I want to make all the co- the gutters a little bigger. The, yeah. and so now I have to change all the math.
0: Exactly. It takes away all of that math that we were having right. to do and it does it all for us. It's, it's kind of difficult to explain on a podcast. Yeah, I sure. highly recommend, um, I can put a link in the show notes to, mm. so, uh, as soon as you see it in a diagram, it makes complete it, sense. Yeah. It
2: gets to me right away. It's like you're taking away all of the plumbing yeah. of the small things so that we, w- where we're laying our actual content yeah. is in a, an, is an FR, uh, a whole FR element of some respect.
0: Yep.
1: So what's the difference between a flex box and the grid? And what does the word flex mean anyway? In CSS world. I'm going
0: to start with the last bit. I'm not too sure for where the flex has come from. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, flexbox was, again, one of the first CSS technologies we had for layout. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is similar to CSS grid, but it has a lot less control in the cross access. So, you were able to show Flexbox, you were able to start getting elements flowing along. You could again you could get them to stretch and grow so as the container. Right? Yeah, they were responsive. Uh, you were also able to align them really easily. So you're able to say uh justify them, put a gap between each of the elements, right. equal gap. Uh you were able to align where they sat vertically. Just is great because vertically centering content is something we haven't really been able no, to do since no.
2: it's
0: tables. It's basically if I have to center something vertically, I'm just going to flexbox it because <laughs> <laughs> that is the easiest way to do it.
1: So maybe the word flex came in because what we had before that was yeah, not was,
0: flex. Yeah, it was, uh, it's <laughs> good. It, it was flexible then. Yeah, right. Uh, so flexbox was great because it was so much better than everything that we okay. had previously. Uh, But, as I say, so it's really good for flowing content. So, Mm -hmm. for example, your navigation menu, you've got a few items in one row. Mm. They work really well. As soon as you started having multiple rows and trying to control the cross-axis is when we started to have issues. Mm. That's where CSS Grid was really good because you had a lot more control on that cross axis. You can control the size and the layout in both directions.
1: But you still get all of that flexible wrapping and responsive yes. stuff that the Flexbox had.
0: Yes. But it's still, Flexbox still has a place. So for things like a navigation menu where mm. it's just floating one direction, I would never grid that. Mm-hmm. It just needs flexbox. Okay. And grid like, to
2: me sounds like it's only when you care about, col- about a set number of columns as well as that sort of adjustability.
0: Doesn't have to be a set number of okay. columns. So, uh, one of the great things about grid is you can sort of say, I want the columns to be this big, fit as many as you can in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's really useful. So that's really good for, say, for example, like an image gallery.
2: Sure. And just like take a, if we've got, we're on a giant screen and you blow up the window, fine. Mm. We'll use the yeah. whole thing. Um, but that, that seems to be more like a flexbox thing, laying out an image gallery of multiple rows of, of images that can be adjusted. The
0: thing about greed is it we then gave us control with how tall the images ah, were. Okay. Um, mm. We, we sort of, we didn't have to know the proportions of them we're mm-hmm. able to make sure they all lined up together or even better you could just make them stretch and so the image would fill up the whole grid area it had mm-hmm. no matter what proportions it was
2: okay yeah so that's the strength of grid over flexbox.
0: it's yeah it's that it's that kind of control over the cross axis right yeah
1: another way to say that is one-dimensional versus two-dimensional maybe
0: yeah. Yeah. It's
2: a little more awareness of that vertical dimension. Like a flexbox can be either
1: horizontal, a row or a column. Right. Yeah. But doesn't do well as both.
0: Yeah. It's as soon as you started to, to try and control that other way. Um, mm. so yeah, flexbox does still really have a place for if you just, don't, again, a navigation menu. Mm hmm. It's, it's really overkill to be using grid for that. Um, and that's a lot of the confusion is, well, if I can do everything with grid that I could with flexbox.
2: Why would I ever use flexbox? Why would I use flexbox again?
0: But it does still have a, it does still have a place. They, they work really well together. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't be replacing one with the other. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, for everything. They get along. Yep.
2: Although grid's newer.
0: Grid is newer. Uh, so there is a lot more support for flexbox Mm -hmm. than there is for grid.
2: More documentation and.
0: Uh, I haven't sort of, there's definitely, there definitely would be more documentation for Flexbox, but I don't believe there's not enough documentation for Grid. Interesting. Because okay, it's fair. new and it's shiny and therefore everybody everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing stuff for it. All the big
2: sites when you look around are, you know, their Flexgrid, or their Grid stuff's front and center.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, Mozilla Developer Documents, mm-hmm. uh, they have, uh, they've got a heap of really great documentation on Grid. Uh, CSS Tricks has a really great guide on both CSS Grid and also Flexbox. Mm-hmm. They, I I look at them every day, like mm, multiple times. That's your times, reference. Multiple times a day, every day. They're really great guides, uh, which I can include links to all of these things to be included in the show okay, notes. Sure. Uh, it really depends on where you are at what point you are with learning. Uh, if you're right at the, at the beginning as well, there's really great online courses mm. and articles on on how you should be using them. Uh, so there's a really great online course by Wes Boss on CSS Grid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good one because it's completely free. Mm. And even if I don't like video courses, I uh, hate... You're not alone. No, I hate watching videos. Yeah, yeah. But Wes Boss courses, I... They're amazing. I don't mind watching them. Uh and also both Rachel Andrew and Jen Simmons have a lot of amazing stuff about CSS grid. Okay. Which is really good.
1: And so you generally use uh invoke this in a div with the display property, is that Yes. You just set display to grid? Yep. Yeah.
0: Set display to grid and seems
1: innocuous enough. <laughs> And then the fun begins.
0: Then the fun begins, yes.
1: <laughs> and uh, just other properties to to set templates and... Uh,
0: yeah, so by default, combining. yeah, you set display grid. Uh, mm. Then depending on the complexity of your grid layout, the two main ones that you'll be using will be grid template columns and mm. grid template rows. Interesting. Grid template columns is where you define how many columns wide the grid is and mm. then grid template rows is... How many rows height? And this is
2: where we get into. And now you have all these options for what, you know, are you doing it by percentage? You're doing it by pixels? Are you doing it by FR? Yes. You define them there.
0: Yes. Yeah. So
1: and what if you don't know how many rows? Uh,
0: then you also have a property called, uh, grid auto rows. Um, you also have grid auto columns. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. often used less. So grid auto rows is so you can define how big the rows are mm-hmm. and however many Elements there are that fill the rows. It'll make them that big as well. By default, it'll also just, it'll automatically add them anyway. Right. You can just define. So by default, it will keep adding rows however big it needs to be based on the size of the elements. Right. Or you can say, I want all of those rows to only ever be a hundred pixels high. Mm, Right.
2: See, more direct control. Yeah. And Amy, I'll interrupt you for just a moment for this very important message.
1: Hey, Carl here. So we're at one show a week for now. I'm sure that's a relief for some of you, but for others, that's just not enough .NET Rocks. So the only way we'll get back to two shows a week is if we significantly increase our Patreon pledges. So consider becoming part of the family. Be a .NET Rocks patron, like Brian Seabacher. Thanks, Brian. Make a pledge today at .NET Rocks. And thank you.
4: 18 plus. And we're back,
2: Richard Campbell, here with Carl Franklin. We're at NBC London. We're talking to Amy Kipernick about CSS Grid and not fearing the CSS. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be fine. It's not going to hurt you. This, uh, Yeah, This. Uh, looking at some of the examples and things, not that horrible. Because we're staying away from the, the – to my mind, it's the font battles and the color battles and, and the percentage battles. Like those are the things that, that are hard to try and get right in CSS.
0: Yeah, those are the really – difficult one. Those are actually the ones I need help with as well. Sure. So I can define a font in code fine. You ask me to pick a font to use.
2: Mm.
0: No. Nah, mm. Do you know how many fonts there are?
2: There's a few. Oh,
3: yeah, and you few.
0: can't just choose one because right. you've got to have a heading font and then a content font and they have to work together and then they have to work with the uh, yeah no don't ask me to choose a font it's too hard. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> so, some of the classic CSS problems that I'm remembering from those periods of my development career, which was like last month, um,
3: <laughs>
1: are always when you try to have a combination of dynamic positioning and absolute positioning, right? I mean, like, wh- how do you, like, have a grid and then you want to pop something over it? Well, it has to be a, a child div in there somewhere, doesn't it? Or, Or does it? Like, how can you absolutely position one of those divs without being slave to the grid system.
0: Uh yes, yeah, so if you absolutely position it, the rules are still the same. It will will kind of it will go out of the grid flow okay. and so it won't be placed in the grid. I have actually recently tried to absolutely position things in a grid. Okay. Uh and yeah, it does it does really become difficult because as soon as you apply position absolute, it gets taken out of the grid flow. Yeah. Uh, so the next element would then move up to where it is. Right. Um, depending on what you're doing, that does get tricky. For for the particular use case that I was trying to do it, it really didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I en- I ended up not using position absolute. Mm. Um, yeah, it does. Is
2: it? Isn't that always a mistake? to start mixing absolute and relative positioning. Like, this seems like a horrible thing.
1: I'm thinking of a scenario where you have a message that needs to to come up over a grid and that grid becomes inactive, you know, just the sort of, like, you know, please wait while we try to read, you know, like using poly or something, retrying this
2: uh, web service call. Sure, so it's a way to interrupt the flow. Yeah.
0: Position absolute is useful sometimes, Mm -hmm. but, yes, it does occasionally get overused or used incorrectly. I,
2: I mean, I do like Carl's scenario of this is a way yeah. to pop an exception message of some kind. Like yeah. It is an, in, an interrupting element that will go away. Right, yep. but I don't want it to rearrange my grid. You don't want it to trash the page <laughs> in the process, right? Yeah. And you don't want it to be too subtle that people don't notice that it's overriding behavior.
0: Yeah. One of the places that I actually use position absolute a lot is so that I can make something take up the full width and height. Of a particular element, Actually, uh, say for ex- and like in backgrounds. Mm-hmm. If I'm using a pseudo element, mm-hmm. say for example, uh, I recently did a styling of a block quote, and mm. it had a nice little background of quote quotation marks. Yeah. and so I used position absolute to position that. It was the easiest way to position it behind the content of the parent element and it also meant that that wasn't then taking up space within the flow i wanted it to be behind i didn't want it to get its own right. space in the flow right right yeah so position absolute does still really have a place mm. but yeah it does tend to
1: throws a monkey wrench
2: in the
0: in yeah
2: you said don't mix them it really it lives in its own thing does its own way you're you, as soon as you start playing games trying to do something fixed on a relative page, you're going to, that you're going to be into a fight, you're going to lose.
0: Right? Yeah. It is, I think it is often misunderstood.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, I just think, yeah, you know, we, we run into these fights all the time and people, especially devs, don't like the kind of randomness that is a relative flow. And it's mm. kind of the way the web works. You just have to live with it. You can't do absolute positioning and you don't want to.
0: Yeah, it's, it also depends on how long people, we used to position things absolutely. Sure. Because we wanted that control over it. Yeah. Um, and that was the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. But things have changed with how we're doing our CSS now.
2: Well, I think the big thing is you, if you go all absolute, sooner or later you're going to run into owning the responsive design problems. And yeah. You know.
0: Um, the, I think the trick is to, If you've written logical semantic HTML, Mm -hmm. your content should already be making a lot of sense anyway. You shouldn't be needing to, to be positioning absolute.
2: Yeah. You're getting, you're going into the, you're going down the wrong path. You're fighting the system. Yeah. And and it's going to win. Yep. But meantime, fonts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize I was going to be a cliche developer who, who didn't like fonts and colors.
2: Well, I, I I like that you're focused on CSS, but not the all up design type of, I care about all the type of graphic effects and some things. I mean, I appreciate those things. I just don't know what people see when they are able to select a group and, you know, make something look amazing.
0: Yeah. I, I, I appreciate so much, uh, something that looks amazing and I can build from a design that looks amazing. Right. I can mm. build it. I can make it a reality, but I don't have the ability to come up with it. I have so much appreciation for the people that can. Mm. Uh, a few of my colleagues who are designers, th- the work that they do is amazing. Mm. One of one of my colleagues who's a designer, everything she does is just incredible this has a, an aesthetic she she's actually my my business goal is i've told her is my business goal is to hire you
2: oh
3: nice. to redesign uh-huh.
0: <laughs> our whole website and she's actually just redesigned uh the css tricks website oh wow and it's amazing like the work that she's done everyone's raving about it but yeah i can i can put that into place but I can't come up with it in the best way. And,
2: and you don't have to. Like, they are two different sets of skills.
0: That That is the thing. And that is I th- often a, a misconception is there's so many, particularly in front-end, there's so many different areas. There is design. And then there's your UI, UX design. And then there's the front-end of CSS and... It's very much becoming a hot topic because we're kind of segmenting off into so many different areas. Sure,
2: but I, I think that's also represents some sense of maturity. Yeah. What I, I guess what I'm thinking about as someone of a design disabled developer is, I mean, one of the reasons I liked Bootstrap is I felt like I wasn't making a choice that would cripple a designer going forward. Mm. So by bringing this in, the designer knows where I came from and knows how to turn it into. Uh, the take it to that next better level of st- uh, aesthetic. So I'm looking at CSH Grid and saying, are the decisions I'm making here with Grid that are going to impair a future styling effort?
0: I think it's the opposite.
2: I love that. that, that that's what I'm hoping yeah. you're going to say. Mm.
0: What has happened in the past with a lot is, particularly designers who've been working in the industry for a while, mm-hmm. developers, we've been telling them, I can't do that. We can't do that. Mm. In a a previous role, we we had, if you had a look at all the websites we were building, they all looked the same because Mm -hmm. the designers had been told this is what we can do. Right. And so we were, we were crippling the designers. Mm -hmm. We were telling them, here is this box. You can only do what's in the box. The problem is with all of the advances in CSS with CSS Grid and so many other things with CSS animations and Everything new that we've had, that box is so much bigger. And I think CSS Grid is really useful because the designers shouldn't be set to a 12-column grid anymore. Mm. And by using Grid, they're now able to design whatever they want Mm. and we can still build it in CSS. Even there's quite a few people trying to showcase that we don't have those limitations anymore if you've if anyone's seen again i can send the link Uh, diana smith has created a painting in pure css right like the you would never have even considered this, this is
2: pure css francine we're looking at yeah
0: it's it's incredible what you can do even uh
2: I've got to think that's a fairly intimidating set of CSS, but still. What am I looking at?
0: That is like, it's an entire painting that is created in CSS.
1: So there's no image.
0: No, there are no images. It's all CSS. Even one of uh, my colleagues, Mandy Michael, she's taking graphic designs and recreating them in CSS to just, we, we can still do this. Previously, print had less limitations than the web because you could arrange things to be a particular way and you could overlay things. We've lost so many of those limitations Mm. and so we need to change the way we don't have those limitations with the design anymore, what we can do.
1: Uh, I I just want to ask you about that painting. How is that done? I mean...
0: Oh,
1: I
2: have no idea. Pixel by pixel, uh, magic. Yeah, I'm. L- I'm looking at the source. How and long does it take to load? It's pretty much instant. It's not. It's not tiny, but it's not huge either. Because there's no yeah. graphics, right? There's literally just descriptions of curves and shapes, and there how they assemble together is, right, as a series of div tags. It must
1: have started as an image and then got turned
2: into CSS. Well, the image isn't there anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just a rendering. So it's very interesting yeah. to just think in terms of. And, and I, not that I'm thinking anybody wants to do this, but it's like Diana's sitting a high watermark. Yeah. This is how capable CSS it sure, it, is.
0: It means that when designers go, I want to do this, we, mm. we can't tell them we can't do it anymore. If you right. can create this, yeah, if you, you can, can create a painting from mm. CSS, mm. they can create a five column grid.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we could do that. Yeah. We're going to be able <laughs> to make that work. Just saying. Uh, another
1: problem I reason i hate css is anytime that i want to center something it just turns into like a nightmare why are there five different properties i have to use to set to align something to the middle of a div that kind of thing do we have the same issues in the grid divs or is there any kind of um, at the is there any, are there any kind of properties that just make that easier
0: flexbox This is my main use of Flexbox, apart from a navigation menu, is to center something vertically. Mm. So even if I have a div that has one thing inside of it, Mm. I can use Flexbox to justify and align that to the center. Justify content center, align content center.
1: So you would probably have, let's say you have a, a grid div and several, let's say five, um elements in there five divs in there and the one that you wanted to have text centered you would make that a flex box is that what you're saying
0: uh in a grid mm-hmm. grid actually has access to these justify and align properties as well mm-hmm. so if I'm already using grid then I could just use the justify and align without having to use flexbox oh, okay. as well uh so by default in a grid it will set to justify and So justify will define what's happening on the Mm -hmm. x-axis. Align is on the y-axis. It
3: Right.
0: is by default set to stretch, so the div inside of the grid will take up the whole space that's available, but then you can change that to justify center. Right. So that will center it within its space. Align will center it vertically within the space. Beautiful. You've got a wide range of different properties to use there as well. You can set it to the start. You can set it to the end. You can set it to baseline. Okay. Again, it's it's kind of a case of flicking between the properties to see which puts it in the right place. Sure.
2: Do you find, I mean, I think most of us are only checking the stuff on Chrome these days anyway, which is not necessarily good, but how compatible are we really when you get into the nitty-gritty of CSS Grid?
0: I was really trying to avoid talking about browser <laughs> support.
2: Well, I, and it, and it's not an unreasonable thing to say with Chrome just completely dominant. I mean, heck, even Microsoft's just going to start using the Chromium rendering engine in Edge, and I don't even know what that looks like yet. Yeah. Like that's a whole. We're going to end up doing at least one show we on gotta, that. Yeah, have to do that. It's, yeah. it's a it's a whole conversation.
0: But so I'm going to start off by saying, if you're using CSS Grid, I recommend using Firefox. Okay, so you're more
2: pro Fox for this anyway.
0: Because Firefox have built a tool called the grid inspector. Mm. So that comes in your dev tools, which will, it showcases what's happening with the grid. You can turn it on. It's really useful because it can also add, it adds the grid lines to mm. your page. Good. So you can see where each of the grid spaces are. Mm. It, makes things so much easier if you're using grid, particularly at the start when you're trying to understand how things work. Yeah. Using that grid inspector, it's fantastic. It's also really useful for trying to work out why things aren't working the way you think they should. Right. So those Firefox tools are incredible. I started using Firefox to use those tools and then I've mainly just been using Firefox because of all the other tools that they've built to make things easier
2: but I gotta think, you. Especially if you're public facing, most people are using Chrome, so you better yes. be confident that it works for Chrome.
0: Yes. So uh, what happened with CSS Grid was actually really impressive because all the browsers brought it out at once. So for I believe the first time, CSS Grid wasn't developed with uh, browser-specific tags at the front. We didn't have a Moz. There never was
2: a period of no, browser-specific no. tags. That's interesting.
0: CSS Grid was developed under a feature flag, Hmm. which meant that it wasn't available to anyone unless they enabled the feature flag. Right. Mm-hmm. And that meant that when CSS Grid came out in 2017, most of the bugs had been worked out, and pretty much at the same time, it launched... In Edge, Firefox,
2: Chrome, and Safari. Wow. So the team, you know, we, we always are debating as to how well the, the, the ECMA folks are working together in terms of yeah. implementing these things. I guess, I presume it's there, the folks who are responsible for this.
0: Uh, for CSS Grid? Yeah. Uh, that would be the, uh, CSS Working Group.
2: Okay. I, okay. And they all have members of the major browsers are all on that working group.
0: I'm not too sure. Uh,
2: getting into politics again. Well, they got it done, whatever. They did, oh, but it's yeah. also, I wonder if it's like, this is reason to celebrate. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think it is because it, it means that we can show, like, if CSS Grid is able to, to come out like that by, by developing it under the feature flag, mm. we managed to get rid of so many of the issues mm. and so many people went, oh, well, this is still really new. I don't want to try it yet. It wasn't new. It right. had been around for years. It had been tested under that feature flag for years. Mm. And by also not having that browser prefix, it has taken away a lot of the work because we don't have to go, well, it's MozGrid or it's WebKit grid or it's, right. grid. it's all the same properties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and it
2: always was.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So it always well, has been
2: the only change to your site once it went out full bore was you remove the feature flag and heck, you didn't even need to do that. The feature flag just wasn't necessary.
0: Well, the, the thing is, uh, so the feature flag was just on the client side, so yeah. it just meant that in, um, when it went out, it meant that that feature was enabled in that version of the browser. Right. Mm. Uh, we also have the advantage of the CSS supports query, mm-hmm. which we can use to detect. So you can define a CSS property and a value, say, for example, display grid. And similar to a media query, you then have code inside of that. So you can then put your grid code inside that query. If a browser doesn't know what to do with display grid, it'll ignore all of that code. Mm -hmm. If it does know, then it will process that code. So it has made doing fallback really easy because you can just define your fallback layout. Mm -hmm. Grid code goes inside a supports query. If it doesn't know what to do with it, Mm -hmm. you're not putting code that isn't compatible with the browser. And the, the although the supports query is kind of new, the good thing is it is better supported than CSS Grid. Hmm. So if someone has a really old browser that doesn't know what to do with supports, it's going to ignore it anyway. Right. Hmm. So depending on where you are, browser support is currently sitting at about high 80s to 90%. In terms of
2: consumer-facing browsers. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, when we talk about Firefox, Safari, Chrome Edge. They're auto-updating uh, auto anyway. What about the mobile ones, like the Samsung
1: Internet, for example, which is <laughs> one of my favorite browsers in the Samsung world?
0: Samsung Internet has support. The only issues we have with mobile browsers are um, Opera Mini is not supporting group. I've never even heard of it. Uh, apparently... BlackBerry Browser, if anybody's still using that.
2: Well, those two guys are going to be very (laughs) disappointed.
0: Android Browser has recently brought it out. Mm. Uh, There's a few sort of unknown browsers um, that... Again, there's you're probably... You're getting way
2: down the tail yeah, this Yeah, you're getting
0: way down. Actually, I think it's giving me stats for the UK here. So, there's browsers here I've never even heard of. <laughs> I don't think we have them in Australia. Um, the one unsurprising one we have issues with
2: is... is Safari? IE. IE. IE.
0: IE. Interesting. Because,
2: you know, I popped up CSS Franchine in IE11 and it rendered perfectly.
0: Yeah. So, grid... Uh, this is one that I unfortunately have issues with because although IE isn't isn't really used anymore no. since we have Edge, uh, one of the projects I'm working on, one of the major stakeholders are uh, a few of the big banks in Australia, and funnily enough, they're not great at being up to date on their browsers. Right. Um,
2: well, plenty of corporate are still running IE 11.
0: Yeah. So. And,
2: and not interested in anything else, really.
0: Yes, the problem with this is Microsoft was actually involved with developing the CSS Grid layout way back at the beginning. Right. And IE actually had that. IE has actually had support for Display Grid.
2: From the early from, days.
0: From version 10. Yeah. Uh The problem is that was a, a original version of the spec. And what is currently in browsers is a completely different version sure. of the spec. Uh, if anybody is really bored, uh, they are welcome to read the different versions of the spec to <laughs> see how they differ.
2: <laughs> you gotta be really bored though. If you're looking for a way to help yourself go to sleep.
0: The, <laughs> the problem is when you're doing, because IE thinks it can do display grid because of this really old version. Sure. Uh, when you're doing a supports query for display grid, says, IE looks and goes, "I yeah, know sure. how to do that. I yeah, got that. I can do that. That's fine." <laughs> oh, no. But depending on what properties you're then applying to your grid, it can't do that. Right. Uh, so again, if you're wanting to use that, it is worth looking at that original spec to see what IE is actually doing. Mm. What I tend to do is, so I don't do a supports query for a display grid. Mm-hmm. I do a supports query for some. Grid property that I know IE can't do.
2: Grid template areas.
0: Grid template areas is a good one because mm-hmm. IE looks at that and goes,
2: "No, I don't know." I yeah, don't know. I, what I, to j- do with I that. just pulled it up on. I pulled up one of the samples on IE eleven. I'm like. Grid table and area did not work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, that's a good thing to check. So for. that's,
0: yeah, that's, that's a good one to have a look at. Uh, the good thing is, uh, Flexbox has fairly decent support mm-hmm. back to IE 10. Mm-hmm. So depending on if you have to support a version before IE 10, I'm really sorry for you. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, but it has fairly decent support for Flexbox from IE 10 onwards. So that's always a good. So that's usually my fallback layout. Uh, there are a couple of the more advanced properties that don't work in IE10, but I usually do a fairly simple flexbox layout as a fallback. It
2: strikes me that, I mean, this is the first time we've really had a conversation about how IE11 is now behind. You know, it's basically legacy. They're doing security patches on it. Like, I don't well, know.
0: They're, le- not, they're not doing anything with it.
2: Yeah. They're doing security patches on it. Well, yeah. That's the only thing they're doing. For now. So, now we finally see a really... Decent feature from only 2017, which is not that it's super recent. Mm. I mean, IE11, when they said, okay, well, that's it for IE11, it's like, well, you know, we've got a lot of capability, so Mm. it's not going to be a big deal. This is a really good capability. This does make web pages better, Mm. and IE11 is not going to support it properly.
1: So I found this site and I want to call it out because it looks pretty cool. It's uh, cssgrid.cc. And here there's a free tool that you can download and use called Grid Builder. And uh, it, if anybody's familiar with developing UI and Windows forms or something like that, it kind of looks like that. It looks like a nice Visual Studio As designer um, where you get to immediately see what uh, you know what you're doing with the grid. and it has a property bar on the right. I haven't used it, but I'm watching, you know, it's just sort of letting the video play and it looks pretty cool. Do you have any tools like this that you use or do you just use a text editor and, or a visual studio code or something?
0: Yeah. I'm kind of uh kind of a firm believer in just using the basics. Uh, well,
2: grid inspector on uh, Firefox.
0: Grid inspector on mm. Firefox is, yeah, is, is really useful. Um, I haven't used any builders. Mm. However, I have heard good things about a few of the grid builders that Mm. there are out there. Uh, I believe this may have been one of them. Uh, in that the quality of the code that they're giving is actually pretty good.
3: That's good.
0: The, I think the issue is a lot of these kind of tools in the past, the code that they spit out, it's, it's kind of like the code that a WordPress page builder gives. you.
2: Yeah. Oh, there's a nasty comparison. Whereas <laughs> I
0: have, I have heard good things about a few of the, the grid tools that yeah. have come out recently. I haven't used them myself, uh, mainly in that the, the projects that I'm using grid on, like I'm, I'm, I'm running a server locally with right. hot module reload. I, I don't, I don't feel the need to be able to look at it visually because I hit control S and it just, I can see it on my page. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can, I can just do it that way. It's really good.
2: Fair. Yeah. This is great stuff, Amy. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's nice to see, you know, we weren't done at HTML5, that this new capability is coming along and they're, they're pretty powerful.
0: Oh, there definitely is. Um, don't get, don't get me started on, on, on on HTML, I feel like that's a whole other uh, conversation Ugh. I would probably have.
2: Yeah, you know, it's very interesting to hear. You know, you're arguing the improvements to CSS, problems with HTML, and I mean, plenty of HTML people. It's like CSS was making me crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So what's next for you? What's in your inbox?
0: Um, a lot at the moment. Um, because mainly because both of my email hosts broke in the last couple of days. Welcome Whoa. to traveling. And then no, no, like it literally Google went down and then Office 365 went down. Um and then I was kind of ignoring my emails until my talk was over. So (laughs) there is actually literally a lot in there right now. Um I haven't sort of really thought too much past. I've kind of been like just focused. Focused on on yeah, focused on this. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm just kind of focusing on my my speaking at the moment hoping to book in a couple more conferences this mm. year if i can um hopefully not one where i have to fly quite as far
2: well everything's far away from perth right
0: <laughs> well yeah like if i want to go anywhere it's at least six hours yeah. on a plane just yeah. just
2: getting started <laughs> right yeah although you guys are in quokka country so it's yeah. like why would you leave yeah,
0: no, quokkas uh I've been having to cuz of course everyone's asking me here they're like but isn't everything in Australia trying to kill you? It's like, yeah, here is a picture of a quokka.
2: Yeah, the one thing is isn't trying to kill you. The one thing is smiling at you all the time.
0: <laughs> yes. Um it it is how we try and entice people to come and speak in Perth because here is a picture of a quokka. Yes.
2: You can meet them. They will see, you'll have a selfie with a smiling rodent.
0: We will. yeah, we can have they're just they're adorable.
2: Do they at least taste good?
0: I don't know. I bring
3: a
2: quokka. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a horrible thing to say. Why?
0: <laughs> the reason crockers are so good is because they have no natural predators. Yeah. If we start eating them, then they'll be scared and they won't want to yeah. take selfies anymore. Oh. They, they, um,
2: but they literally, they, they have a pant because it's hot where they are. Mm. When they're panting, they, it literally looks like a smile. Oh, And so, they tend, you literally can get a selfie with this thing grinning, sitting beside you. It's pretty cute.
1: But it can hurt you.
2: No, it's totally. No. It's, oh. no. it's yeah. a, it's 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 basically a big rat, right? Oh, okay. It's, a, it's a kind of cat. like
0: an Australian squirrel. Yeah,
2: it's a cat-sized, cat cat-sized yeah. rat. They're
0: like yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you have actually reminded me though. I am actually going to see Quokkas next week.
2: There you go. Now, once you get home.
0: Yeah, my my auntie's coming to visit, so we're we're going to go. That was her Christmas present. Was I'm taking her to get a selfie with the a crocodile. All right. Go.
2: Fire Good up one. the Barbie. That's what I say. Nice. He's yeah. going to roll out all the Aussie <laughs> cliches now. We better yeah. stop. All right. Well.
1: Thanks so much. It's been great.
0: No worries. Thanks so much for having me.
1: All right. We'll see you next time on .Net Rocks.
4: 18
3: plus.